It's Daily Thunder, booming out the truth of Jesus Christ every weekday morning from our studio on the Ellerslie campus in Windsor, Colorado. To learn more, visit ellerslie.com. Welcome to Daily Thunder. This is Discussion Friday. I'm Nathan Johnson, and I'm here with Eric Ludi. And Eric, we have a doozy of a question today. Oh, we love those. Love I, those. I know you do. Well, the question we're going to try to answer is, how do you get the devil out of your life? Well, that sounds like a nice thing. Isn't uh, it? It's important. <laughs> I think a lot of Christians conclude that you can't. That's what's interesting. So I think it's an important question even to set the stage that we believe, we're firm believers, yep. that the devil is not supposed to be in your life. That doesn't mean that just like gravity with a plane, when you're in a plane, you're functioning after a higher law called aerodynamics. That does not mean gravity doesn't exist. It just means you're trumping it. So you're dead to gravity when you're in aerodynamics, when you're trusting that plane. The same thing is true in the kingdom of heaven. When you're trusting Christ, you're actually dead to this power of sin. And that which still exists, which is the enticement of the flesh, actually does not need to rule you. But you have to know that. And so just like if I was flying in a plane, I, as long as I abide and remain in that plane, well, gravity will have no hold over me. But if I choose to jump out of that plane, open the, the door of the plane, whew, I can get sucked out really quickly into that outer dimension of control. And uh, one of the illustrations I've given to my kids uh, for, for years, I still remember I was pacing around the room and I was trying to describe this idea uh, of keeping the devil out. So there's two ways of looking at it, kicking the devil out and keeping the devil out. It's the same function. Maybe just for a quick clarity's sake, we're not talking about demon possession, mm -hmm. though the principles would still work the same, yeah. but it's just that influence and the power and the authority. Yeah. Correct? I mean, I just want to Absolutely. make sure that if someone's in there going like, well, I'm not demon possessed. Yeah. Actually, we're still under an authority structure because we're under sin. And there's operations of the devil, yeah. not necessarily demons inside, but operations of pride, operations of lust, operations of greed. Uh, and so as a result, as long as these are functioning and we just accept them, it's like, oh, you know, every Christian just deals with this. Mm -hmm. Well, then if you become passive to these things, they will rule you. They'll yep. continue, even though they're not supposed to be there. I always call them squatters. In other words, they have no legal right when you're a Christian to remain, but you have to know to shove them and to push them. And so imagine we're in the Ludi home and, you know, it's really nice and toasty in there. It's 69, 70 degrees. It's the middle of winter. And let's say it's negative 10 degrees outside. Now, I don't want to give a bad uh, advertisement for Colorado. We rarely ever get that cold, but just for the sake of a juicy illustration, it's negative 10 degrees outside. Now, that, as a Christian, my job is not to control the outside temperature. It's to maintain the interior temperature, which God has given me all the equipment I need. Just like in my house, I have a furnace, you know, and I have uh, ducts in my house, and they, they release this heat. And as long as I keep windows and doors shut, it maintains an atmosphere. So I, I remember saying to my kids, imagine if Daddy just opens this sliding door, and it's negative 10 degrees, and it's blowing winter snow. Uh, should I be shocked if a snowdrift is on my couch? Well, no. Why? Because, Daddy, you opened the sliding door. And you see, that outside air was never meant to come inside of this home. And that, that snow, though it's real, though it's there, is not supposed to be interior. It's supposed to remain exterior. And that's the way the Christian life is supposed to be. But many of us, in disobedience, whether willful disobedience to the Word of God or ignorant disobedience, are opening doors and leaving them open, opening windows, and we have these drafts that are coming in, and outside temperatures are actually controlling the interior of our life. Yeah, it's such a great picture, too. I love what John and Betty Stamm used to talk about. They, mm -hmm. they worked with Hudson Taylor, 
in China. And I love their articulation. They talked about the seven steps upward and the seven steps downward. Mm -hmm. And they said, you know, if you really want to progress in your spiritual life and you really want to aggressively go after Jesus, the first step in that progression is to take sin seriously. That's right. And the first step downward into a just <laughs> a, sl a slippery depravity of hell. Mm -hmm. You know, the first step downward into that direction is to take sin lightly. That's right. You know, and I think most of us think it's a lot something a little more grand than that. But that's literally the defining element of how you appropriate sin. Do you take it seriously? Do you actually believe that it was appropriate that Jesus even died because of that one step downward? You took it lightly. It encroached upon your life. And this is literally something that God is going to come in and intervene so we can take the first step upward. Take yep. it seriously. Jesus Christ literally laid down his life to get you going up instead of down. I think for me, you know, I'm always trying to find that mental picture for some of these things, which, you know, like the sliding doors uh, and the open windows and things like that. Uh, one of the illustrations that I've oftentimes used is a boxing ring. And so here we are, we're a new believer and we have this thing called lust in our life. And it's a big dog uh, in there. It's, it's built sort of like Goliath, okay? Uh, if we're measuring Goliath according to long cubit, this guy's 12 and a half feet tall, okay? Short cubit, he's like nine something, you know? So I always figure, let's use the long cubit. Let's make him as, as tall as we can so he'll fall harder, right? So he's 12 and a half feet tall, and he's in our ring, and he's mocking us. He's like, what am I, a dog that you come at me with sticks? And he's, you know, pulling the old David Goliath type of mockery thing where Goliath is just looking at this puny little character over there. And we really are puny. We really don't have any business standing in this ring against this evil power. And yet the kingdom of heaven is built on this premise that God wants to take down that Goliath in us. So how does it work? So one of my mental pictures is if I try and use this fist of Eric Ludi, the the power of Eric Ludi, the natural will and grit and determination of Eric Ludi to be beat this uh, this giant of lust. Yeah, he's just going to continue to mock me. I can't, you know, I'm going to hit him in the belly and I'm going to break my hand. You know, it's just like, whoa, it's like a steel belly. And how, what, what I need to do is allow Jesus into my ring. It's like, Jesus, could you come in? He's like, I would glad to. I'd be glad to. This is like my privilege, Eric. And so then it's like, well, God, how does this work? And he's like, here's what you need to do. Instead of using your fist, your own power, I want you to grab a hold of my arm. And I want you to swing with my strength, my ability. And as a result, he knocks that Goliath clear out of the ring. I mean, he's into the, you know, the bleachers out there. And he has the Tweety Birds above his head. It's like a good cartoon. And yet that giant is going to, once he gets knocked out, which is pretty impressive, right? He's going to try and creep back in. And that's where the kingdom of heaven is built on this premise of, first of all, you need to come to Christ. You need to allow Christ to invade your life. You need to give your life to him and trust him. And as a result, then you can kick out the devil. You have the authority to do it in the name of Jesus and the power of his right muscular hand. You cling to that and you will see the enemy driven out. But then you have to keep him out. There's a tendency for us to kick out and then just go to sleep once again. It's like, well, I went through that exercise instead of maintaining. And so the same is true with our sliding doors. It's amazing. We'll close it once and we're like, yeah, I already did that. And someone's like, well, have you checked your doors lately? It's like, why do I need to do that? I closed them 10 years ago. Well, there, it's amazing the propensity that we have to subtly open them again and disagree with what the word of God says and actually open ourselves up to sin afresh. And so for all of us, we need to not just kick him out in the authority of Christ's name, but keep him out.
which I think is one of the reasons we have to be watchful over our soul. Amen. Whereas we cannot be passive. And like that stem quote, it's just like the moment we begin to take sin seriously and say, God, search and try me. Don't let me just justify any wicked way within me. Yeah. Right. In other words, purge everything in my life that is not to belong. The more you begin to do that, you're more heightened to sin, which is it helps you keep that junk out yeah. because the warning light becomes all the more loud. It's like when we begin to pacify or just silence the sin in our life, we just quit hearing the the warning or the voice Amen. of the Holy Spirit in our life. So that's that's important. God hates sin. Yes. And I think we need to remember that just because, you know, you have this transition from Old Testament to New Testament, people think that God converted into a nice guy. He's always been a nice guy. Okay. He's God, right? But God hated sin in the Old Testament. He's the I am, which means he was, he is, and always will be the same. He still hates sin. He's still perfectly righteous. The fact that the shed blood of Jesus offers us an avenue of escape from the penalty of that sin so that we can be spared in the day of judgment is just the beginning of this grand story of the gospel, which then brings us into the throne room of grace so we can be filled with the Holy Spirit so that God can take this life and begin to convert it. We are clothed in the righteousness of Jesus, but then underneath that clothing of perfection, He's perfecting us, which means there's a process of removing things out, kicking them out. Get that out of your life, Eric. What's that doing there? And it's not because if I don't get it out, I'm going to hell. It's that if I don't get it out, it's hindering my walk with him, my ability to demonstrate and showcase the grandeur of what God desires to show this world, who he is. Well, let's get that out of Eric's life so this life can now prove who Jesus is, his power, his ability to save. I don't want that in my life. I want to take sin seriously. Amen. I want to begin to grow up to look like Jesus instead of just excuse away my mediocrity. I, I love the illustration of a sheep against a pack of wolves. Because if we were in, you know, Vegas odds makers, we'd be like, who are you going to uh, bet on? You know, the odds for the sheep of winning that battle against a wolf pack are pretty low. And yet if I introduce one other factor, and that is, well, by the way, did I mention the sheep has a shepherd? Suddenly, oh, the Vegas odds makers don't know what to do with that. Tell us about this shepherd. Well, he's never lost a battle. And suddenly the odds all shift. You see, the sheep is weaker than the wolf pack. And that's us. And so if we try and take on the wolf pack and our own sheep fluff power, we are going to lose. doesn't matter how loud we uh, uh, make our you know <laughs> sound. It's not going to pull off the stunt. But if we cling to our shepherd, just hang out in the shadow of his, his ankle and just like, God, you're my savior, then it's amazing. But that wolf pack is a goner. And he even loves to use us. Just tell him, tell him to get out of town in the name of your shepherd. And that's exactly how the kingdom of heaven works. We're weaker than our enemy, but our shepherd that we are trusting has defeated our enemy. And therein lies the secret to kicking the devil out. Amen. Eric, would you mind, I know those who are listening are probably just, you know, if the Holy Spirit's pressing on them, which hearing anything like this, the Holy Spirit presses on us. Mm -hmm. Would you mind just praying just as we close? Absolutely. That God would awaken and, and, and stir and reveal anything that in our lives that need to be removed. Amen. But then that by his grace and by his power Amen. and strength, we can actually live as Christians. Amen. Father, we ask that in the authority of Christ's name. Lord, I pray for a stir and I pray for an alertness in our souls. Lord, that we wouldn't have to dig up sin in our own life, but that we would turn our gaze towards you and that you would show us if there's things that need to be made right. If there's any area where our windows or our doors are open that we just need to shut. It's that simple, Lord. We have the authority of Christ to push out. 
this enemy faction in our life and to not put up with it anymore. May we not be the enemy's plaything any longer. But Lord Jesus, I pray that you'd give us the growl of the twice born, that we would be sheep that know that we have a shepherd and we would no longer be intimidated by these wolf packs in our life. In the precious name of Jesus, we ask this. Amen. Amen. Daily Thunder is a listener-supported production of Ellerslie Discipleship Training. At Ellerslie, we are laboring to rouse the Church of Jesus Christ out of its lethargy and build brave-hearted Christians for such a time as this. Daily Thunder is streamed daily, Monday through Friday, from our studio in Windsor, Colorado. And our weekend church service is delivered live and streamed at 9 a.m. on Sunday mornings. Join us at live.ellersley.com. Note that our live weekday in-person version of Daily Thunder is scheduled to resume this upcoming June in conjunction with our training season. Learn more at ellersley.com. Thanks for listening. Thank <laughs> you.